And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Gospel record of Matthew. The Gospel record of Matthew in chapter number 22. The Gospel record of Matthew in chapter number 22. We're finishing up a series on the vision of God and we're just taking random messages talking about our vision of God and who God is and how that should affect us in our life. We'll be starting a new series very shortly. We got about two more weeks of this current series and I want you to be here on Wednesday if you wouldn't mind as we talk about the book of Job and I believe we're going to open it up in a special way that will be a great help especially considering our vision of God. As for now, if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Gospel record of Matthew in chapter number 22. The Gospel record of Matthew in chapter number 22. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at a set of parallel passages found through the Gospel records and we're going to compare them and draw um, a principle, an application from this. So if you wouldn't mind, the Gospel record of Matthew, chapter 22, and we're going to pick it up in verse number 34. The Gospel record of Matthew 22 and verse 34, the Word of God says this, But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the Gospel record of Matthew, chapter 22, and in verse number 39, what we often call the golden rule to a degree, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And with the Lord's help, I'm going to switch it a little bit, and I'd like to title this, Being a Good Neighbor. Being a Good Neighbor. And if you wouldn't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come up to you, we're asking that you would just give us help and give us much, much grace, Lord. Lord, you know that I'm feeling under the weather right now and I have no strength in myself. It has to be you that does this and that you magnify your name and you make it clear. I'm asking you would help us to be attentive and that you would help us as we just build a principle here. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Many times the, Fad- <coughs> the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who were the religious leaders of Israel at this time, would love to try to trip Jesus up or at least attempt to. The Pharisees were the keepers of the law. They were the ones who looked so good and and uh, they were just hypocrites because they would talk about live holy lives, but in the inside they were rotten and dead in the inside. The Sadducees didn't believe in miracles, didn't believe in the supernatural. Someone said that's why they're sad, you see, because they just didn't believe in the miracles. They just believed in the Old Testament law. They believed in the books of Moses. They believed in trying to live a good life. And that was good enough. And they had asked Jesus a question and he had answered wisely. And so because uh, 
of this, a man in the mist who was a lawyer. Now, he wasn't type of our lawyers where he's trying cases, but a lawyer was someone who studied the law, the books of Moses. And this was his job, was to study the Old Testament law. And he was a lawyer, and he said, well, let me have a crack at Jesus. Let's see if I could trip him up. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were always arguing about and talking and philosophizing about the Old Testament law. There are 613 specific laws found in the first five books of the Bible. And these were the laws that the, that the um, rest of Judaism was built off. What they did is they had the 613 laws, then they wrote commentaries, and then they wrote commentaries on those commentaries, and then they followed those commentaries. For example... Um, Jewish people today who are Orthodox Jews, they believe that turning on a light switch is work. And so on the Sabbath day, which is Saturday, they are not allowed to turn on a light switch. That includes the refrigerator. So before sundown on Friday night, what they would do is they would go in there and unscrew their light bulb in the refrigerator so when they open it up, it doesn't turn on and there's no work. Now, this is not what God intended, but this is what they're... Now following is uh, they have the laws and then the commentary and then the commentary on the commentaries. And it's drifted a lot further for where God intended. Well, the same is true at Jesus's day. They have all these rules, these commentaries on these commentaries, but they argue about some of the premises. And so this lawyer asked Jesus a question, what is the greatest law? And he was hoping that Jesus would pull one of the 613 laws and he would isolate a group or offend a group and cause an argument. And he would, he would discount himself and he wouldn't ask, answer wisely. Notice again in verse number 34. But the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence. They were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, saying, Master... Which is the greatest commandment in the law? Now, that's a good question on the surface. Now, he meant it to try to cause controversy, but that is a good question. What is the greatest commandment in the law? What is the greatest commandment? Notice what Jesus answers. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and the great commandment. And the second commandment is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. It's going to say in another parallel passage when he says that, they go, wow, that's, that's the best answer ever. So what was his answer? What is the greatest commandment? To love thy Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy strength, with everything that we have. To love God. That is the greatest commandment. That is the greatest thing we can do. When Jesus said that all the law hangs on these, he's speaking about the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments, we have, of course, those ten, not suggestions, not maybes, but Ten Commandments from God. And the first four deal with our relationship with God. We have, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. We have, thou shalt not bear, uh, sorry, <clears throat> excuse me, that thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, and thou shalt not, um, excuse me, thou shalt not, 
worship any false idol. These are things dealing with our relationship with God. And then the rest of them deal with our relationship with man. Don't kill, don't steal, don't covet, don't whatever else. And so if you were to separate the law, the first part of it deals with our relationship with God. The second one deals with our relationship with our fellow man. So the greatest commandment of anything according to Jesus is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is all of the Ten Commandments. The second great commandment is to love thy neighbor as thyself. That's a great summary of everything that God is trying to get accomplished. He makes it so simple to love God and to love our neighbor. That makes it pretty simple. And it stunned the crowd. Now turn with me, if you wouldn't mind, to a parallel passage. And I'm going to build something up. The Gospel Record of Mark in chapter number 12. The Gospel Record of Mark, chapter number 12. We're going to see a parallel passage dealing with the same account. And we want to see something here. Now, what we just saw is the greatest commandment we have is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. You know, that's a lot of love. To put everything you have in your love for God. Not just a part-time love, not just a love that shows up, but everything you have to love God. That's the greatest commandment. Notice with me in the Gospel record of Mark in chapter number 12, and notice with me in verse 28. And one of the scribes came, having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked, which is the first commandment of all? That carries the same idea of the greatest commandment. Verse 29, And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. The second is like, namely this, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Notice what it says in verse 31. There is no other commandment greater than these. So what is the greatest commandment? To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Notice again what it says, the list here. Verse 30. That thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. This is the greatest commandment. So let me ask you, if this is the greatest commandment, what is the greatest sin we could commit? To break this greatest commandment, not to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. When we fail to break, live up to that commandment, we break the greatest commandment. That gives us something to chew on for a little bit. If you were to say, what is the greatest sin you could commit? Someone may throw murder. Someone may throw lying. Someone may throw stealing. But you know what God throws in there? The greatest thing we could commit is not to love the Lord our God with everything we have. That's the greatest sin we could commit. What's the second greatest sin we could commit? Not to love our neighbor as ourselves. Not to love our neighbor as ourselves. So the greatest commandment 
and the greatest sin. Those go hand in hand. The greatest sin is to break that greatest commandment. Not to love the Lord our God with all thy heart. Now that covers a lot. And that gives you a whole lot to chew on. But I want to take the second commandment. The Bible says the second greatest commandment is to love our neighbor as ourself. So you can almost beg the question, what does it mean to be a neighbor? What does it mean to be a good neighbor? Who's my neighbor? Well, I'm glad you asked because in this conversation, someone else asked. So let me turn to another parallel passage in the Gospel record of Luke in chapter number 10. In the same context, in the same idea, Jesus is giving this here. Someone actually asked the question, All right then, he's willing to justify himself. Who's my neighbor then? You see, he did the same thing that a lot of people do internally. If the greatest commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy might, you start trying to think in your mind and justify yourself and say, Well... What does that really mean? Well, you say, to love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, that's a good question. What does he really mean by that? What does that mean? What does that entail? Notice as Jesus answers this in the Gospel record of Luke in chapter number 10. And notice in verse number 25. And verse number 25, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in thy law? How readest thou? Now notice the context. It's a little bit different. You have a guy who says, What do I do to inherit eternal life? What can I do to get to heaven? Jesus said, All right, let's answer according to what you believe. He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered and said, Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. Now, he's repeated what Jesus has said. He's already said what the greatest commandment is. So, how do I get to heaven? To love the Lord thy God with all thy mind, with all thy strength, with all thy heart, and to love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, that first one, he didn't want to deal with. By the way, you probably wouldn't either. All the times that we fail God and let him down and... How many times we break that commandment in the last couple minutes, right? I mean, all the time, we were, that's a constant thing of us trying to get closer and closer with the Lord. But notice, he tries to deal with the second one. That one's a little bit more tangible. And verse number 28, And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. So the guy said, What should I do to inherit eternal life? And he says, All right, let's go off your beliefs. What does the Bible say? He says, well, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and to love thy neighbor with thyself. He says, good, do that and you'll go to heaven. Well, none of us can do that. That's what the whole Ten Commandments tell us, by the way. I need Jesus. None of us can live up the Ten Commandments. But this guy's still trying to justify himself. He's still trying to believe he's good enough. Jesus says, hey, do that and you're going to heaven. He knows he can't do that, so he has to try to justify himself. Verse 29. But he, willing to justify himself, saith unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? He's hoping that, you know, maybe my wife, my kids, whatever else. Who's my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came a certain priest by the way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. 
And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, he came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him in his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever... Thou spendest more, when I come again I will repay thee. Which now of now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell upon the thieves. So Jesus answers his question with a story. The guy asks, Well, who's my neighbor? Jesus says, Well, let me tell you a story. There's a guy who's going from Jerusalem to Jericho, which is about thirty miles away. He's going on the road, and on the way he gets beat up by thugs, by thieves. And they take his clothes, they beat him till he's half dead, and they throw him in the ditch. Now, he's laying there on the side of the road where he can easily be seen. He's beat up, he's battered, and it just so happens there comes a couple different people. The first guy is a priest. The first guy is a priest. By chance, there came down a certain priest, by the way. Now, this priest was a religious fellow. Now remember, Jesus is talking to a lawyer who's trying to base things that he's going to heaven off of the law. So the priest is the guy who does the rituals of the law. He's involved with dealing with taking care of the tabernacle, doing the offerings, doing the uh, burnt offerings, going through the rituals of the law. So here's a guy who's full of religion, full of rituals. And when he comes by, he sees this guy who's dying on the side of the road. And he walks to the other side and looks away and pretends he doesn't see him. And leaves the guy to die on the road. This is what religion does. This guy who thinks he's going to heaven because of his rituals, he thinks he's good and he ignores this guy. We come to another guy who comes up, he's a Levite, by uh, verse 32, and likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him, and passed by on the other side. So here's a Levite. A Levite was the keeper of the Bible. Their job was to teach the Bible. Their job was to, to be the keepers of the Word, to make sure that it was accurately rendered, that it was accurate in recording it. So this is a guy who supposedly spends a lot of time in the Bible. He spends a lot of time teaching classes and looks so good. And he comes by and he sees that guy over there and he turns his head, kind of sees, and he turns and walks away. Again, that's what religion does. Religion is how good I can look and how look how, what I can do And they don't stop to help someone else. It's all about them. It's all about them. Finally, there's a third person who's a Samaritan. A Samaritan is looked down by the Jews. They're considered half-breeds. They they are very much looked down upon in that culture. And this Samaritan comes, and he sees this Jew who, who normal circumstances would spit on him, He went and had compassion on him. He went and bound up his wounds. Maybe he had wounds gashing and he bound them up. He bandaged them up. He put 
alcohol on it to try to disinfect it. That's what they had back then. He, he put oil on them to try to protect the wounds. And he put them in his own beast. Instead of him riding, he puts the guy on his own beast. And he brings him to an inn and he takes care of them all during the night. The next day, not knowing who this guy is, he puts money on the counter and says, continue to take care of him. And anything you spend over, I'll come back and I'll pay his bill for him. Instead of saying, charge the guy when he wakes up, tell him he owes me. He says, I'm going to take care of him. Now, Jesus tells this story, and you can almost see this lawyer kind of backing away, kind of trying to shrink down in his seat, verse 37. And he said to him, uh, verse 36, Jesus asked the question, Which of these three thinkest thou was a neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves. And he said, he that showed mercy on him. Now, the Samaritans were so hated, this guy couldn't even say the Samaritan. He said the guy who showed mercy on him, instead of saying the Samaritan did. Then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou likewise. He says, you want to base things off the law? You want to do there? You want to say, who's my neighbor? Everyone's your neighbor. You go take care of them. You love others. You love others to the cost of yourself. You know, that guy, that Samaritan, had no hope of return of anything. That guy could have died and he wasted his money, supposedly. But it was at a cost of himself, of his time, of his finances. And he took care of this guy who had a need. And he went and was a good neighbor to him. Now, Jesus says, "'Go and do thy likewise.'" Go find others and go be a help. We are selfish people. We hate to get outside of our comfort zone. We hate to to um, put ourselves out there. Have you ever had someone come up and say, what can I do for you? And you don't really believe they mean that. Because if you do say something, they look so surprised and shocked. Well, if we're going to be following these laws, we know that we can't keep them to go to heaven. We understand that. However, these are commandments that God has given us that we're supposed to love the Lord our God and we're supposed to love others as ourselves. That we need to put forth the effort to, as we honor the Lord, to keep these as best we can. Now, they don't save us because we fail them all the time. There was probably some selfishness in you some part of the day. There was probably something you didn't want to go outside of your comfort zone to be a help to, to be a help for people. If nothing else, we've all failed loving the Lord our God with all our strength, all our might, with everything that we have. But we should still do our best to try to do this, understanding that everyone's our neighbor, not just someone you know, but strangers. We need to go outside of ourselves and look how we can help others, others, others. What is the greatest commandment to love the Lord thy God? What is the greatest commandment we can break? Not to love the Lord our God. What is the second greatest commandment? To love others as ourselves, to love our neighbor as ourselves. What's the second greatest commandment we can break? Not to love others as ourselves. The Bible's simple. It's not comfortable. Well, the Bible's so simple. And it's something we all need to work better at trying to do. If you wouldn't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for you being